Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates moderated by me, Zane C. Weber. In order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Mine. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you find podcasts. That's Not Canon Productions podcast. It's Friday and time for another Musical Tell Me Everything I Know podcast episode. The podcast where we tell you everything that we've learned from musicals. All of them at once. All of them at once. Yeah. I'm your host, Zane C. Weber, and with me here to talk musicals today are... Julie Eisentrager. And... It's me, KB! Welcome, everyone. How are you feeling? Yeah, look, really good. Dandy. Um, yeah. We've Excellent. just been discussing, like, life and super... Cupcakes and stuff. Philosophical stuff. No, mostly cupcakes. Yeah, mostly cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope the cupcakes have taught you a lot of lessons. We... Have a special guest. We do. Here to talk about a very unique musical. Mm-hmm. Our special guest is none other than Briz Liberty. Christian Fletcher. Thank Hello, you so Christian much. Hello, Christian Fletcher. Yeah, How you going? Great, thank you. So who are you, Christian? What are you about? What's your general vibe in life? Okay, well, since well, I suppose this has dictated my entire life, <laughs> but since 2000 I've um, run cult classic and uh, retro music events in Brisbane and it's pretty much even before that musicals were probably a huge part of my life. I, I grew up, I was in the fame talent agency for however many years. Me too! <laughs> <laughs> I was on oh, TV amazing. and touring when I was 12 and 11. I, I, I quickly got over it. Yeah. <laughs> It was a phase. It was a phase. I loved it though, but I really realised as soon as I started doing things behind the scenes and being the person that presented a lot of these events and and, um, I suppose theatrical things, I I realised I preferred that a lot more. So I'm here today a lot because of musicals, but also... And which particular musical have you brought for us to talk about? Well, uh, the infamous The Rocky Horror Picture Show or The Rocky Horror Show as the stage show is. And that movie pretty (laughs) much, I, I know we say taught us everything we know, but probably this 
this musical would be. I wouldn't be standing here or sitting here right now this if it hadn't been for this musical. a formative musical. It is. Everyone <laughs> that I've spoken to has told me that they watched this as a child mm, and as I a don't teen. know why that was a, a, a thing. Appropriate. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I was a child. I I was not allowed to watch it as a child, Ooh. but I did watch it as a teenager. Yeah. My, again, we've been through this. My parents let me watch too many things that were <laughs> really We have been through this. Again, Ooh. Simpsons I was not allowed to watch. Oy vey. That's why we're two very different people. Like that too. Yeah, but we were allowed like to Rocky Horror. I got babysat once when I think it was eight years old or something and she just put the video on and as soon as those lips came up on the screen, I was slash mortified slash. I think I like this. What is Why are those that? people swimming in a pool? I'll work it out later. And then, I, then I, um, I re-saw the movie again at 16. and Still never worked it out. <laughs> well, the first time I saw it, I thought it was the most boring – not not the nine year old version of me, but the sixteen year old me. I turned it off about halfway and went, "What a boring movie!" And then I decided, no. Everyone started talking about this movie a lot more, and like what we're saying, it was such an initiation for people. And I thought, I'm going to give this another go. And I think I I rented that movie every week to the point of, sorry, Video Easy, you're closed now. I think I stole your copy <laughs> of the video for a while there. <laughs> You are the, the downfall of Video Easy, Christian. Hey, this was in the late 90s. It wasn't as, <laughs> wasn't as recent as now. But, but, yeah, so that's probably where it all came from. And um, and as soon as I left high school, I'm like, right, everyone else wants to be a teacher, a doctor. I want to start a Rocky Horror Floor Show cast. <laughs> <laughs> and I did a few months later and we're still doing it almost 19 years later. And the rest Amazing. is history. Well, before we talk any more about the show, let's get to know you a little bit better. So we have our Get to Know You quiz and I'm going to throw these questions at you right now. First thing that comes into your head, just spit it out. Okay, see how we go. Which musical character would other people compare you to? Oh, gosh. I think people would automatically think Tony Monero from Saturday Night Fever just with me wearing the flares and the platforms all the time. But you know what? I often see myself as a bit of two people. You know, there's the Christian home and the Christian that everybody sees. And I think very much what I associate myself more would probably be a Brad Majors from Rocky Horror. Doesn't sound very exciting, does it? But um, I I, kind of see myself as a Tony Monero or other people. Would and um, or definitely the MC from Cabaret is probably another one. Oh, yeah, yeah, very decadent, even though I'm the least decadent person. But it's, <laughs> it's all good to dream, isn't it? <laughs> uh, well, what musical character would you like other people to compare you to? Well, I think, yeah, the, the MC from Cabaret, like, I just think being existing in that, that. That Kit Kat club would have just yeah. been, you know, so the wartime ultimate. is really a thing, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of drag performers next to me, mm-hmm. I think too, <laughs> and Nazis really like top I, ten. I would have Liza Melly keep me company, but yeah. um, not in all productions. <laughs> so, is MC your dream role? And if not, what is? Well, actually, my dream role is probably one that I, I'm surprised I've never actually given this a go. But I've always wanted to play Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, right. And I actually yeah. think I would do a quite a good job. <laughs> I don't know how my singing. Look, I do practice it as much as I can, but um, yeah, Who one doesn't? day. I know exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I realized halfway through maybe Audrey wasn't the correct character for me. So <laughs> I definitely think Seymour is something that I'd do one day if I wasn't working so much and could commit myself to being in musicals. Yeah, it's always the hardest thing. Life story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to work and rehearse. Oh man, <laughs> unfair. So, what is your favorite Sondheim show? Show or song? Oh, show. Oh, look, I love Into the Woods and I love Sweeney Todd. Yeah, I'd probably say Into the Woods. Look, I 
I don't know how many people I'm going to offend by saying this, but why did they have to ruin it by making it into a movie? A movie that I've tried about three times and I only got ten minutes into. No, after you're seeing a musical that I love so much. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I've being in musical theatre uh, circles, you talk to a lot of people about the movie, and there aren't a many diehard defenders of the film. They're like, yeah, it was either all right or like I didn't really like it. I wasn't hugely offended by no. the movie, mm-hmm. but I I'll wouldn't. Watch it again. I watched it once at the movies, and I'll probably never watch it ever. I was prepared to be really annoyed with it, but again, like I yeah. just like. Eh. I was prepared to me to be lame is level of annoyed <laughs> with it, oh, yeah, but if you have Chris Pine and Billy McNassen, yeah. Chris Pine singing oh. at me, yeah, I'm. You've got me. I'm, I'm sorry, happy. but I'm I so don't happy. hate Into the Woods the movie because I just replay Agony over and over and over again. <laughs> you just put big, me back in my happy place. <laughs> the biggest problem was that with, with a lot of things that I, I say, for example, Disney takes on board is a lot of times that product isn't necessarily something that's going to be – people think Into the Woods is going to be something to watch with their kids. No, there's got it's so much not. history behind it. And, look, I think just based on the stage shows that I've seen of it, look, unless you could film the movie in split screen, that's the only way I think you could make that movie work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, what's your go-to shower song? Shower song, yeah. Well, um, look, this is a tricky one. Is I'd it prob- somewhere that's green? <laughs> no, it'd actually, it'd be somewhere. I suppose music related. It'd have to be something from a Vita. Look, the amount of times I go into the shower, and I'm not talking about the Madonna version. I do love the movie, but I also love the stage show as well. But I've been known to go into the shower and many. This is crazy. Defeatist talk. Why commit political suicide? Yeah, things like in the shower. That. It's a heavy yeah. shower. It's a very heavy yeah. shower. Yeah. I don't know what my roommates think, but um, we, we let it go, and then I probably just go into Buenos Aires and make it a little lighter at the time. <laughs> Okay, well, <clears throat> we've got through the easy questions. Now is the controversial one. You dun, have to dun, delete dun. one musical from existence. What is it? It can't be Cats. Cannot be Cats. <laughs> because it's already gone. It's Ashes. Now. I can't believe they're turning that into a movie soon, by the way. Let's not talk I, about I, it. I thought in the late 90s of an idea for doing the movie and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is so it's too late and <laughs> 20 years later we're doing it again. Look, I've never seen this musical on stage but the thought of it terrifies me and every time I see promotion for people in Brisbane doing this production, the photos give me nightmares. Shrek the musical. (laughs) I've never seen it but its existence just terrifies me. I've had nightmares from production stills from local productions. So I will will pay that. No offence to the people at this table who have been in Shrek the musical but the Shrek pictures are always terrifying. Exactly. And no offence. Who has worn that mask? No, don't do it. Don't do it. You can't do it well. I half expect it to be a Smash Mouth musical. Look, I don't know much about the musical. But Honestly, <laughs> the musical, I th- I think the musical is better than it had any right to be because they did it all original music, really well written, ra- well-rounded characters. But, yeah, the prosthetic it's requirements funny. are just too much for amateur yeah. musicals. Oh, musical yeah. Well, even the Broadway stills terrify me. They yeah. could have I hope I wish there had been a way where they could have just done like an Elfie and then given them some ears. But no, there's but, a whole helmet. Well I did hear with the, the Broadway production, you know, it relies so much on the technical side of things. So of course when you bring it to a lot of Brisbane theatres and a lot of pro am or amateur productions, you go, Okay, this is what we've got to work with. But yeah. It, I mean so. that that is a fair call. 
I personally am not offended. <laughs> I, I, I being the one who's most recently been involved in a production. I feel bad. Track. I'm coming. I'm coming out saying this, and I haven't even seen it. But look, as I said, look, I'm too terrified to see this. <laughs> <laughs> All one right. Day. Well, we. I think we know everything we need to know about you now, Christian. <laughs> so let's take a break, and we will come back and start talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Christian, tell us a little bit about Rocky Horror. Okay, the Rocky Horror Show began life in 1973, June 1973 actually, the Royal Court Theatre upstairs in London. And um, look, in a 60-seat theatre, I think they were selling out within two months. They had to move to a a bigger bigger theatre. I think they were even run-down cinemas where they originally performed in front of just a basic white screen and um, and the rest was history. Look, it it moved to the Roxy in Los Angeles in 1974, through Lou Adler, and it was there that the production managed to have people like Meatloaf, Tim Curry again return to perform in it. El, El, people like Elvis, Len, um, John Lennon would turn up and see the productions. And it was around this time that 20th Century Fox approached them and th- said, hey, let's make this into a movie. And um, whilst it was being made or sort of during that time, um, they, they did an original Broadway production which bombed. It was pretty much booed <laughs> off stage. I think oh. I remember reading the headlines, tacky, tacky, tacky. <laughs> you know, that's, that's that was the what the point. headline. That's, yeah, exactly. Broadway. It had two previews, closed 43 performances oh. later, which, as you know, on Broadway is not a good run. Mm. And and Richard O'Brien has turned around and said, oh, it's because we weren't able to put a ramp down the middle of the runway for Frank to do his big reveal. But as we've seen in, in productions after that, you know, we didn't yeah. necessarily need that. So, And it was then they realised, well, you know, this is – bombed our, our, our plans of doing a movie and um, they'd made the movie, released it, it bombed as well and probably took about six months, seven months later than one of the people from 20th Century Fox said, let's open this movie at midnight and from 1976 onwards the rest was history. Fans let's, started turning up, performing the songs. Let's you know. form a cult, shall let's we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cult, cult, cult. And I love Jim Sharman, the original director, saying, you know, he Richard O'Brien pretty much created the first cult musical and pro- I think at the time he said the only cult musical, as I seem to think, there's probably been a lot more since, but this was probably the first one where how many musicals do you go and see where people actually go dressed up as all the characters and if you aren't dressed up as one, you're the odd one out. Yeah. Yeah. There's not many mu- musicals you can... Um, Think of nowadays if you go Nor see a is show. there many musicals. I'd want that to be a thing. Because exactly. no. I did see Wicked in Brisbane and it's like second tour around or something and there was many people dressed up as Alphaba. I'm like, you're oh. nasty. Whereas like Put Mean Girls, clothes, you weirdo. Mean Girls, you just have to wear pink and you're in. Yeah. No. Whereas Rocky Horror, I think the less you're wearing, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we've taken our whole cast before and we had our Rocky wearing nothing but gold pants and I said, look, we're going to QPAC. Maybe we should take a sheet to put around you just in case. He didn't worry about it. Honestly, we had every photo. <laughs> but um, I think it's one of those it, it's pretty much in more recent years has been promoted more as a party musical and I think that's a lot in favour of the um, the movie as well you know what the movie's become and a cult phenomenon because whilst it was a great stage show and has continued to be this huge success I think without the movie it would never have been the um, the, limit, the, the level of what it is now yeah. Absolutely, yeah So it started out as a musical then went to a movie then 
Back to a musical. Got its cult following. Yeah. And then back to a touring musical. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. that the, Even though the movie had come out, the tour that started in 1973 continued right up until 1980 with oh, so wow. many people doing yeah, it. I think yeah. they toured it all through the UK and obviously people like Tim Curry and Richard O'Brien <laughs> left very soon after that. But I remember Richard O'Brien and, and saying something to Tim like, you know, oh, well, the, we've, we've done it now. We've made it a movie. We've, we've put this on film. Um, you know, let's move on with our lives. And someone rang Richard O'Brien and said, have you seen what's happened to your movie? You know, and, and assuming this movie had died, you know, now people were going along, you know, yelling out the, the, the lines in front of the screen and also people acting it out like what we do now in Brisbane. So yeah. it's really, yeah, and, and originally, as I said, it was originally produced in front of a blank cinema screen. So they were going, what did Richard O'Brien say? They were going to see a movie, I mean, a stage show about B-movies in an old cinema and then now, yeah. I don't know, in many ways it's kind of come full circle, I <laughs> it's think. It's like super meta now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's crazy. Plus, like, one of those songs, Time Warp is in, like, every standard party playlist, oh, like, ever. Yeah, like, well, this is one of the ones that go to for the DJs. Yeah. Weddings. Yeah. Funeral. It doesn't get <laughs> yeah. I'll have like, it at mine, I'm sure. I think I, I heard recently in Queensland or Brisbane in particular, it was the the 35th best-selling song of all time in Whoa. Queensland. Oh, well, that's not okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> quite strange, but yeah. But so. everyone listening to this now has it running through their head. They know exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think the B-side was Hot Patootie with Meatloaf, so maybe that was their angle <laughs> yeah. as well. The Meatloaf fans will good. go. <laughs> yeah, they love Meatloaf. And that's what I've realised with this musical is the amount of people, like the different types of people. Like we've done screenings before for a motorbike gang and I was worried about my safety before I left, but honestly... They brought our Eddie on on a motorbike and pretty much walked us all out in our fishnets and he was at the end of the show like praising us. So it really brings a whole different type of audience. You know, yeah. you've got the the straight, the gay, the whatever, you know. And that's the weird. The yeah, yeah, exactly. We call yeah. that the in-between. Well, well it, it is a musical that celebrates the weirdness. Yeah. Like there aren't a lot of labels being floated about in the, in the in the movie no. so yeah like it brings out people who think that they feel weird yeah, yeah and yeah. i've read a, a recent um, interview with richard o'brien saying you know like oh, obviously you know the word transvestite and transsexual and all that but you've got to remember it was brought, came out in 1973 so i know when they remade the movie a couple of years ago on for fox you know i watched it because it was curious yeah Laverne it was the worst, most painful Don't. 95 minutes of my life it was <laughs> it was hard to get through there a lot of interesting yeah. choices that didn't particularly work out. Yeah. There's some off chat, off air chat oh, in that. Yeah. And a lot of any time there was reference to sweet or oh, oh, transvestite, which I pre- pretty much is only yeah. in that song. Laverne, Laverne Cox would do it very much like, "Oh, I'm saying something I shouldn't," and do this little sort of nod to the screen. And you were kind of like, it made oh, you realize sorry. Rocky Horror was ahead of its time, but yeah. maybe in its, in its, I don't know. Well, I, you can't you yeah, can't blame it for using. It was correct terminology at the time mm, and exactly. the terminology has changed uh, rather yeah. than... Mm, I think it's yeah. fine in where it sits in in history. It's, oh, yeah. definitely. it's fine. Yeah. It is what it is. As opposed to some other musicals that you're like, ooh, that's not okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the overt racism in some yeah. musicals is, is, doesn't age well. <laughs> no, this <laughs> but, is meh, that's all right. But Rocky Horror is so joyful. Yeah, you're like, yeah. I'll give it a pass mm. because it's not... And non-judgmental. Non-judgmental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You've got to think about all the, all the. I suppose, I don't know. I never know the term to use, but we'll just say queer characters that are in the film. They're never Definitely shown in a bad to say light. Queer characters. <laughs> in Australia, LGBTI. queer is fine. <laughs> but um, you know, like 
they're never bad characters, even though Frankenfurter, spoilers, you know, reaches his demise at the end and, and sort of comes across as being someone who was quite decadent. He was never really, it was all very playful. It was, yeah. it's a very fun musical yeah. and a very, you know, and, um, but I suppose the servants get their revenge at the end anyway, because Richard O'Brien <laughs> said that Riff Raff actually created Rocky and Frank just took the, all the credit for it. So I, I like hearing that sort of angle. <laughs> That sounds well. a little bit like J.K. Rowling <laughs> coming out after the success of the books and saying Dumbledore's actually gay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Dumbledore. <laughs> well, uh, Richard O'Brien since come out in, in recent times and, and, you know, identifies as being trans. And, you know, I, I think not saying that he wasn't at the time, but I think the movies, I mean, the stage show obviously helped him. It, it was him expressing a lot of stuff Something, too and being yeah. aware of too. But I've watched episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race where RuPaul puts Frankenfurter up there as one of the iconic original drag queens, you know, which is another yeah. side of the coin, which I would never have. I don't look at Frank as that because Frank's quite a masculine character. You always hear, you know, he's like a cross between Joan Crawford and um, John Wayne. <laughs> I think that's definitely the- like Oi. the classic, <laughs> the classic drag, uh, where it's more about the just the exaggeration rather than actual femininity. Mm, mm. Um, like Frank like- was never trying to be feminine. Like Frank is probably the most masculine. F- role in the film in this in, in the show and a lot of people have yeah. laughed at me when i've said that in the past i'm like well no you know you wouldn't get on the wrong side <laughs> of that guy you know he's not ashamed to walk down in heels where brad definitely is yeah. oh yeah but i think there's another side to brad too because as we find out a little bit later on he might have that side to him so yeah he finds that at the end Rocky That's would red hot and murder you so <laughs> just <laughs> careful all right well now that we've learned a little bit about the history of the show, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about what actually happens in Rocky Horror. KB, tell us the story of Rocky Horror. Guys, I love how dramatic this plot is just in reading it. Like it's <laughs> fantastic. So we open the show. I'm going to talk you through the plot of the stage show. It's not overly different to what we see in the movie. It's just that some things are either left out or others are added in. Um, but um, mostly, for the most part, it follows the same kind of journey. So in the stage show, we are we're in a rundown cinema. Surprise, surprise. And the usherette, or um, as she is also known as Trixie, uh, lets us know what tonight's film is going to be. What is um, it going to be? I think it's going to be the Rocky Horror Show. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it could be Frozen. We're like, we're in for that anything. That would be a great <laughs> science fiction double feature. <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show and Frozen. Um, guys, you don't know. You've just sat down. Um, so we we meet Brad, Brad Majors. He has just attended his high school best friend's wedding and met uh, and, and confesses his love for Janet. Um, instantly engaged. A little bit of peer pressure yeah. to get married because <laughs> their friends have got married. Yeah. You know what? If you, you'll do. Janet, I love you. Let's get you married. You don't even think about it, though. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, who are we going to tell? We've got to tell someone. Let's, let's go. The narrator, we are introduced to the narrator after this engagement and he lets us know exactly what's happening. Um, They're on a journey. They've gotten in the car. They're off to Denton to visit um, their former science tutor. 
interesting one um, to pick of all the people you'd go and visit. In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. Let's <laughs> go. Well, they met in his class. Of course he needs to know. They met in his class and they're in the area. And from what they're I gather, there's no reception. The so they, they wouldn't have been drunk. So they could have gone up. They could have gone. <laughs> Dr. Everett Scott's going to open the door and be like, hey, guys. And they're going to be like, you taught us years ago. And he's going to be like, cool. And that's going to be the end. But that's okay because they get sidetracked anyway. <gasps> I know there is a um, there is a rainstorm, and their car they get a flat tire. No, I know, right in the no, middle no, of a no rainstorm, rain. they get a flat tire, and surprise, surprise, the only way, the only thing around is like an old rundown castle, and they're gonna look for a telephone in oh, there. Lucky, there's a lot of them, frankly. <laughs> yes. That can't end badly. Like that's definitely what you would always do. Now they do admit that they feel um, apprehensive and uneasy. About it all, but at you know the same what? time as doing it, do you know what they need a phone? Yeah, so just get get stuff done, guys. So they uh, arrive, and we meet <laughs> the hunchbacked handyman and live in Butler, Riff Raff, <laughs> and live in Butler. Yeah, he's got so many roles. Um, and the maid who is also Riff Raff's sister, uh, Magenta. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Magenta. I was mm-hmm. like, why did I think I just said that wrong? They're like, hey guys. Come on in. And then Riff Raff, Magenta, and Columbia. Columbia. I'm having a stroke, guys. This <laughs> is Do what's you happening. also look at it and want to say Columbina? Yes. Every time. Every time. Every single time I look at it. Thanks for the lesson, high school drama. <laughs> Columbia, who is just oh, uh, titled a groupie, start to let them know about this delivery guy. His name's Eddie. He fell victim to some uh, unfortunate circumstances. Um, he Already. he got a delivery wrong, um, and then they <laughs> they all perform the title number of the show. It's the big dance number, Time Warp. I was like, the title number? No, the big dance number. <laughs> this- it says, I don't Do they perform the Rocky Horror <laughs> show? They do. <laughs> um, it's also, our song. I didn't get any of that subtext, and I've seen this a lot. Surely. I think we all know by now. <laughs> That's but it's not, not done in metaphors. Like the way you said that sounds like everyone's meant to know that Eddie was a delivery man. No. Am I missing something? Oh, well, we it's, are talking the stage show yeah. version. They do go into a little bit before yeah. the time warp. They mentioned they that mentioned Eddie's delivery wasn't good Again, enough. Again, guys. Red Hot have missed that. We we are talking about the stage show. You probably you don't get all of that in the movie. Oh, you, you, yeah. you just get more Eddie. Eddie seen, yeah. 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 <laughs> I've only ever seen movie slash movie and floor show. Yeah. The only versions I know. Surprisingly, after the time warp, Brad and Janet are like, we got to get out. It's like, this is weird. It's like, they, what? Okay, let's leave. But, nah. Too many sequins. So, so many sequins. <laughs> They're Brad. singing at us. Um, um, but just as they are, are going to go, the ultimate of ultimate pansexual cross dressing mad scientists turn up. Dr. Frankenfurter. That's the best kind. Um, <laughs> if I was going to be a scientist, I want to be that kind of scientist. Uh, so unfortunately they don't leave. They're now trapped in this castle. Uh, he introduces himself. Uh, the quotation is a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Um, and he he's like, you know what, guys, what's going to be a fun time? Laboratory. Let's Come on, in. guys. You're here. You're here. You may as well may see as well. what I got cooking in my laboratory. Exactly. <laughs> you said you needed a phone? 
Forget about the phone. Like, they just happened to arrive on the night that he's unveiling yeah. his new... It was meant to be. The universe has made it happen. He then sings Sweet Transvestite. Wait, and you're a woman. Ha- you're a man. I like both women and men. <laughs> I think something's happening here. And uh, as we go, just take off some clothes. <laughs> That's where we're at. Um, fun time. So Brad and Janet decide to do that and then go into the laboratory where Frankenfurter is like, here, some lab coats. That's what you need. You're in a laboratory. You've got yeah. no clothes on. <laughs> of course. Let's let's just do it. And he announced that he has discovered the secret of life. Um, now, I don't know if most creations look like this. Um, we definitely don't see this in Frankenstein's monster, but it is a blonde, super buff man called Rocky Horror. Pretty in, sure the Brisbane version is both same in, guy. So in gold hot pants. <laughs> in gold. <laughs> Hot pants. <laughs> um, Frank and is like, guys, look what I've been doing. This guy. Look wow. how great he is. <laughs> he um, he <laughs> takes Rocky's bandages come off. They Frank's like, look how hot he is. Muscles. Look at them all. Like, come on. Seriously. I'm amazing. Look at this. <laughs> Just um, look at me. Do you want one? Let's sing about it. Um. <laughs> So then in a, a freezer opens in the laboratory. What's in the freezer? <laughs> Inside the dun, 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 is Eddie. Yay. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, so good. Um, Eddie is Frank and Columbia's former lover. Just so we can like keep going, he was. Mm. Uh, he's covered in surgical scars. Um, he is a brain damaged. Uh, zombie, his main goal in life is to rescue Columbia. And half of his brain was used to animate Rocky. Look so at that's that. Why. So he yeah. wasn't frozen for long enough, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> they need to put better bolts on that freezer. Quick, quick. Um, escaping. He escaped. Escaping the castle. No. Escaping. Yeah, amazing, right? Um, and But he also caused a heap of damage to Frank's lab. Do you know what? That's what happens, monsters. Who would have thought? Um, he uh, then sings a fun song. Guys, we'll talk about that later. Oh, stop. It gets <laughs> me so excited. Later. I love it. Um, Frank then goes, oh, no. What? <laughs> um, tries to get Eddie back in the freezer, but unfortunately uh, the Pickaxe uh, kind of does some damage to Eddie. Um, the pickaxe had other plans. <laughs> it's just whoops. There we go. Let's sing a reprise. Um, because <laughs> Rocky's way better than Eddie anyway. Generally, is how that goes. So, parents, we know you have favorites. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they um obviously uh he has Eddie doesn't have the muscles. <laughs> they have like. Although they like the two of them have half of they have share half a brain, they've obviously got a strong relationship. At the end of the day, the guy in the hot pants is gonna win out, right? So I don't know, you tell me, KB. I'm gonna say the guy in the hot pants is gonna <laughs> win out. Um Brad and uh Janet <laughs> just watched uh, someone get murdered again. I don't know if that's ever happened to you guys, of that you've seen someone who's already been killed be killed you again. Know, yeah. It has happened um, every single time I've spent a rainy night in a castle. Yeah, it's surprising. Yeah, it tends I, to be a tradition in there. That's not something you've experienced? No, or? not for me. Um, not yet. But then again, I haven't had a flat tyre in the rainstorm mm. to go into yeah, the castle. Yeah, once you do, it's so, really no going back. Um, surprisingly, 
they're flustered. Um, but then they're ushered into separate bedrooms for the night. What's going to happen? <laughs> End of Act 1. Well, separate bedrooms, it's only... Right? They're not married. Yeah, they're only engaged. Not yet. And only newly engaged. <laughs> so I guess it's fair. Um, when we open Act 2, the narrator might give us a little bit of a sense that Brad and Janet might want to be a little careful. Oh, no. They're not... They're not Entirely safe where they are. Hmm. Who would have thought? They did. They thought that. <laughs> um, Janet, oh, she goes through a time thinking that Brad snuck in to have some fun times. Surprise, not Brad. Oh, no. Yeah, actually, Frankenfurter in disguise. What? <laughs> like, Does she send him away? Um, Weird magical do you disguise. Know what? Guys. She. Doesn't send him <gasps> away. I know. He Frank's like, it's fine. Love's great. We can keep doing this. Just don't tell anyone. Yeah. And she's like, okay. Oh, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Let's keep going. But she also, yeah, you get a little like looky-looky behind the curtain at her relationship with Brad there. Yes. Because <laughs> it ain't so sexy and it ain't so hot. <laughs> no. No. Um, which is, uh, which, let's look, maybe... As the scene changes to Brad's bedroom, dun, dun, dun. we also think that Brad is having some fun times with Janet. <gasps> she but snuck in. She snuck in, but wait, guys, not Janet. <gasps> Frank and Ferda. What? If not only is he uh, making love to two people, he's doing it. They're at the same time. <laughs> well, <laughs> There's a magical element to that kind of <laughs> um, So Brad does the same thing. Oh, my goodness, what's happening? And Frank's like, it's okay, dude. We won't tell anyone. Yeah. And they're like, cool, let's go. Keep doing it. <laughs> um, Riff Raff is like, warning, warning, Rocky gone. He escaped. Oh, no. Guys. What are we going to do? Rot row. Rot row. So Janet's like, great, let's search for Brad in the lab. And Rocky happens to be there. What? Rocky's in the lab where he's been the whole time? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Crazy. Um, but here's the kicker, guys. While in the lab looking at the TV monitor, Janet sees what Brad's up to with old Frankenverter. What? <gasps> Crazy. And goes, hey, Rocky, hot pants. Let's have a go. <laughs> see what happens. Let's see those hot pants. Let's see those hot pants on the on floor. The floor. <laughs> <laughs> this is when we know Julie and Kristen have been spending way too much time together. Uh, <laughs> while um, search, they're using the monitor to search everywhere for Rocky, who happens to be where he was. Um, uh, Janet. Uh, Brad, did, did Brad, the, everyone actually, everyone discovers that Janet and Rocky have had some fun times and then Brad gets angry. Brad. Brad's not the only one to get angry either. Why are you angry? But. I mean, we know why Brad's angry. We know why Brad's angry. he's a hypocrite. He, well, <laughs> they're all hypocrites. Hypocrites tend um, to get angry. In the middle of this, like, angriness, Riff Raff is like, hey, Frank, P.S., while you guys are having fun times, old mates arrived. <gasps> Whose old mate, you ask? Not old mate. Dr. Everett Scott, the science tutor that they wanted to visit in the <laughs> first place. But by the way, he's paraplegic. Great Scott. <laughs> Great Scott. 
Great Scott, Dr. Everett Scott. It's you. The more this plot is being explained, I, the less I'm understanding about this show. <laughs> I have watched it and understood it in full. And now that you're breaking it down for me, I'm like, what? What is happening? Why? 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 Because we can. That's why, Julie. Because why not? Um, Dr. Scott is taken down into the laboratory by Columbia. Frank is like, oi, <laughs> you and Brad trying to work out what's been happening here. You have connections to like FBI and stuff. Yeah. What have you been up to? You two trying to seduce me and get all the information. Is this what's happening? Dr. Scott is like, nah, we just like came to look for Eddie. By the way, I'm his uncle. Have you seen him? <laughs> cool. That's great. Who knew? So many connections. It's like Brisbane. Um, Frank is like, um, here, here's Eddie. Um, twice dead. Um, and then r- restrains all of the people. So he restrains Brad. He restrains Janet. He restrains Dr. Everett Scott and Rocky Wait, to the floor. Is this because they're all sitting at the table and Eddie is revealed to be in the table? Or am I thinking of something else? Tell me. Uh, this is a Christian question. Oh, well, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. But, yeah, in the stage show, they don't do the dinner table thing. So uh, it's just still part of that same still, scene same where Dr. Yeah. Scott arrives, but you're, on the, same, you. you're on the same yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> same so spot. Like, I don't same, remember same, the same table. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The inhabitants of the castle, This I'm reading this question, uh, this sentence word for word now because I think it's hilarious. The inhabitants of the castle are revered to be space aliens led by Frank who abandoned their original message in order to engage in some kinkiness with earthlings and work on Rocky. Amen. Preach. Look at that. <laughs> Just when we thought we couldn't get another curveball thrown right at us. Please. Um, More about curveballs. <laughs> Magenta's like, guys. Let's go home. Like, <laughs> let's just do it. Frank is like, nah, I think instead we'll put on a floor show. That sounds like a better idea than going home. So Columbia, Rocky, Brad and Janet, just, just go ahead with it. Let's let's get some underwear on. Let's be like covered well, in they lingerie. Are, they are coerced. Yeah, they're sprayed, they by, are. They're sprayed by this um, aerosol can full of drugs. And then wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you can get drugs in aerosol cans now, guys. Apparently, apparently in Transylvania. I don't know. Apparently. Packs bags. So Frank's gone, you will perform for me. This is what's happening. And then he's like, do you know what will be really amazing? Let's just forget, in, like, lose all the inhibition. Yeah. Lose it all. Give in to those natural animalistic instincts that we as human beings and aliens apparently have. In a pool. And then. Sometimes. Yeah. Still <laughs> there's weird. a bit of an orgy. I don't know if we're just allowed to say that word on this we podcast. Are. This is going to have an explicit Great, tag. Great, just checking. Yeah. Uh, You're allowed. <laughs> so then there is um, a rousing concluding number of the floor show. Um, but it's interrupted before it ends. Because um, Riff Raff and Magenta come in and they're like, <laughs> space, suits are, space suits are on, ray guns are out. <laughs> this is getting better and better as we go. This is the weirdest. Um, Riff Raff is like, do you know what, Frank? Mutiny. <laughs> this is what's happening. <laughs> I'm taking us all back. Which was the original plan Let's anyway. Go, yeah. Let's go. Frank's like, please. 
please, please, no. Um, and he's like, but we, like, we just, I want to stay here for the rest of my life. I have like a lot of fun having sex with Earthlings. Don't make me go back to our home planet. Okay, thanks. Riff Raff is like, nah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna shoot everyone. That's that's the yeah, way this is gonna work. I'm gonna go home. Down goes Columbia. Down goes Frank. Down goes Rocky. And then Brad, oh, wow. Janet, and Doctor Scott get out. Quick, go. Get out of here right now. As Brad, Janet, and the Doctor uh, leave the castle, Riff Raff and Magenta are like, can't wait to get back. This has been a really fun time, guys. There's been a lot of murder. Let's get back. Um, and once again, time warp. Because let's do the time warp. <laughs> let's do it again, again. and again. Um, Brad and Janet are like, how does a castle blast off into outer space? That's a question that we all have, but we're going to watch it anyway. Yeah, let's have that. Bye. Science fiction. Yeah. And then quote from the narrator. And crawling on the planet's face, insects called the human race lost in time and lost in space and meaning. As the show ends, Trixie comes back and lets you all know what you've just watched. (laughs) The end. There are some changes to each of the shows. The original London and LA productions, um, Sweet Transvestite actually came before Time Warp. This was... um, changed for the film and therefore they changed it for the revivals of the show since. Um, Charlie's Atlas song, which we'll talk about, um, was uh, reworked into I Can Make a Man Out of You for the film version. Um, And so when O'Brien decided to uh, vamp up the script in 1990, he decided to put them together as a a duo, which is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, so the reprise remains the same. But everything else, they're the only two things that have massively changed in the plot line between uh, different scripts of the show. Um, but that is uh, the general gist of it. I think Richard O'Brien went, um, he revised the script in 1990 and that is now the version of the script that's now seen, which is a bit sad sometimes because I feel like it's it's lost its its roots because now modern productions just takes on board the movie so much. Yeah. And you yeah. kind of wish that it was back to where it used to be. It, it's not as gothic as it used to be. It's very cartoony and comic book now, which yeah. I suppose fits in more with the movie. And and I suppose people going along, like a lot of people don't realise it's a stage show as well. The amount of people that I saw review the QPAC one and went, wow, they've adapted the movie really weirdly. Yeah. And I couldn't believe that people, oh, there's all these extras. And I'm, I don't think people realise it was a musical before it was a movie. I can't. So. I, don't, I don't think we can expect journalists to do research. <laughs> I was going to say, imagine just giving it a quick Google before you wrote an article. <laughs> That'd be too easy. No. All right. Well, let's take another little break and we'll come back to the best part of Rocky Horror, in my opinion. Yeah. The music. Right, the music. Mm. Oh, so good. Okay, so Act One. Yeah. What about it? First, well, not Act One. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna go from the the soundtrack, not the cast recording. Yeah, fair. Because it's the better of the two, anyway. Well, it's the better known one. It's mostly the same sort of songs, but the first ten tracks, every single one, iconic. You will Banger. know. Okay. You'll know all of them. Yep. Yeah. Good. Open up. Science fiction double feature. Yeah. What's even more fun is the the best ones are the ones that not everyone knows. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> Number two, damn it, Janet. Ah, oh, so good. Damn it. Damn it, Janet. <laughs> so good. Number three, 
Mm. There's a light over the Frankenstein place. Oh, classic. Get your phones out. Get those lights on. <laughs> get your phones out. Get, get it going. Plastics. Number four, uh-huh. the big one. Mm. Oh, yeah. The time warp. Oh, uh, yeah, boo. Come on now. <laughs> it's fun. You, you, you can naysay all you want, but when that comes on you at a wedding dancing. and you are drunk off your face. I still sit there in protest. And watch everyone else love it. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> People. Sweet transvestite. Mm-hmm. The, so good, yeah. So good. The sword of Damocles. And, and it's in that moment of sweet transvestite that I go, do I like men dressed as women? And the answer is always yes. No, the answer is always, I like Tim Curry yeah, dressed yeah. as a woman. <laughs> that, that's the. <laughs> uh, I can make you a man. Mm-hmm. Hot patootie, bless oh, my soul. Yes. Oh, Meatloaf. Yes. Meatloaf still performs that in concert. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and so he should because it's one of his better songs. <laughs> Even though we should have left it in the 70s. You know what I mean? He's performing it now. Still. Mm. Now. <laughs> One of my favorites. Mm. Okay. Touch a touch a touch me. Great one. <laughs> yeah. That's the first ten. Yeah. Like every single one, just following like great song with great song yeah. with great song. Yeah, you're not wrong. And the second part is when it gets weirder with like exposition and in the songs yeah. and whatever. Mm. Um. So we have in a deleted scene, Brad had a song which was called "Once in a While." Yeah. Let's. Good, good choice, guys. <laughs> Slows it down too much. Works in the stage show, yeah. not in the movie. Way to delete it. Love it. <laughs> um, and then we have the story of Eddie. It's just called Eddie, so that's oh, Dr. Scott, the criminologist. I love that song. It's a great song. Because Eddie didn't like his daddy. Planet, Schmanet, Janet. <laughs> uh, wise up, Janet Wise, uh, which is when, when Frank basically loses it with everyone. And locks them to the ground and then says the F word, which is probably the only swear word in the entire show. And poor Janet just gets everything thrown at her. That's what I like about Rocky Horror. It treads this very sexual and what could be offensive line, but it treads it so, so well. It is not. I think because it owns it as soon as it it does. It owns it. And it's not like overtly. Like when you're watching what they do in bed and stuff like that, you're not going, oh, yeah, that's them having sex. You're like, oh, what's happening? Oh, okay, cool. That's kind of that's sexy time. But it's not like here, boom, graphic content. Yeah, no. I think it works being a, a tribute or a parody as a scene because yeah. show yeah. Brian Rogers is a parody of science fiction movies and I suppose 50s mm. culture yeah, and kind all of that sort of stuff. And yeah, camp schlock. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's too tongue in cheek to be yeah. taken. So people that take offense to it just go, oh gosh, like, <laughs> there's right. so many other things you can But get I think you still by. have to tread that line. Like you still have to be careful with it even now. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And then we have uh, Planet Hot Dog. Great title. <laughs> Do Four. I know Planet Hot Dog? Uh, Surely I would. You would if Don't you Don't get hot and flustered. Use a bit of mustard. You're no. Like when they get turned to stone in the movie. Yeah. Oh, I do not yeah. remember so that. So it's song. technically part of Planet Schmatter. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little, it's very track. little. It's a very right. little. It's only just been added to the soundtrack in the last two years for the first time in 45 That's years. That's probably why I don't know. <laughs> uh, Rose Tint My World. <gasps> it's my favorite song. Yeah, Columbia, Rocky, Janet, and Brad. It's a great song. Because oh. Yeah, the, the show kind of has a bit of a lull before. I always find a bit of a lull between the sex, between the touch me scenes and I suppose the floor show and yeah. it picks it straight back up again. Mm-hmm. And even though, even when we explained it before, it is so confusing, but I've always seen it as Frank knows his time on earth is up, so he's going to put a final show yeah. on while yeah. he can. <laughs> I think that's the only way to look at it really. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> then we have fanfare slash don't dream it, be it, which oh, is yes. a spectacle. <laughs> that fanfare is one of my favourite uses of that noise 
<laughs> Do you know what that noise is? Love it. A fan actually translated the Morse code that was played in that to see oh, if wow. it ma- no message. No, <laughs> that's just saying. That's just saying how the fan just in this case. Film is. Yeah, just in that's case there was some hidden meaning. Uh, wild and untamed thing. Now this is everyone again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going home, which is Frank in the chorus. Oh, love it. Where he's kind of like. Okay, I'm going to die. So to be shot. So, let, yeah. let me have a song first. Let me have my swan song. One moment. And then he climbs and literally has a swan diving to the yeah. pool. <clears throat> then we have Superheroes, which is only present in the original UK release. And honestly, this is close to my favourite song. So worth a listen. I definitely think yeah. I'll need to like, find it, but worth a look, listen. When it became a midnight hit, they eliminated it. So the scene yeah. where the castle's first taken off into the sky, it then went straight into the credits because they thought that it was too downbeat for yeah. it. So it's often been considered a rarity, but we've always had it out here in the Australian yeah. versions yeah. and the UK one, as you, as you mentioned. But, yeah, I think it really works. Look, I saw a stage show production believe it or not, with Richard O'Brien sitting behind me in um, 2005. Dead. I spent the entire <laughs> time like looking at his reactions to everything. But as at the end of that song, Brad Janet walked over and gave Brad the ring back and they went their separate ways. And that to me is the most devastating yeah, end to the yeah. film <laughs> or the stage show, I must admit. So yeah. so I think that song needs to be there. It's, it's a nice it, little epilogue mm. to the story before you have the epilogue to the show, which is then science fiction double feature reprise. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty yeah. much showing, yeah, so she's pretty much, she's bookending it as this has just been a whole heap of it's like B-grade trash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In the nicest possible way. Mm. <laughs> and so are there any? is there anything else you want to talk about with these songs? No, I think you've hit them all. For me, I like... I love it. I, love I would that. like each of you to tell me your favourites because I've said my <gasps> two potential favourites. Yeah, well, Rose Tints My World is my favourite. Yeah. Closely followed. Well, I think Rose Tints My World, The Fanfare and Going Home. Going Home? All come into Not one. Not Hopatootie? Oh, no, well, no. I was going to say they all come into one particular section of the show where you don't yeah. notice the they've changed. Yeah, yeah, it's often referred to on the CD as just the floor as, show section. Yeah, yeah, as one big thing. So I think that as one big thing is my favourite. But also this is one of the very rare musicals that I don't particularly like watching the film or the floor show or the stage. You like listening stage. to it. I just prefer listening to the entire soundtrack. Mm. And that's my thing. And that is super rare, ladies and gentlemen. It is. How often do I say I've turned it off like three songs in? <laughs> like almost 80% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you do find that, yeah, that a lot of people, you know, that's what most fans say is the songs are what is so good about yeah. this. Look, I, I think before I'd even, as I mentioned, I saw it when I was nine, didn't understand it. Before I actually saw the movie again, someone lent me the soundtrack and I think we're going to Adelaide for two days to two weeks on a road trip and I just played the soundtrack over and over again. I had an idea of what the plot was. It was much better than what the movie actually ended up being. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, listening to the songs on their own, you could just, yeah, it, it is an amazing soundtrack, you know. Do but, you have a favourite? Well, yeah, I'd actually say I'd lo- I love science fiction double feature. I like love sort of Damocles and, and yeah. superheroes, so the three S's there, so that'd probably be my big ones. I, as much as... I might get a lot of hate from this, but as much as Time Warp has become this iconic song, I to me is probably the least favourite song on the entire soundtrack. I, I think it's because it's so mainstream and so yeah. played to death now. <laughs> it's all so, like, so out of context of the rest of the show. Yeah. Mm, like it is mm. a big musical number in inverted commas, but it's like you could take the Time Warp out and not really lose anything mm, from the well, show. Well, Jim Sharman in the original production, you know, because they were still, you know, formatting, you know, I think Richard, Richard O'Brien originally went with the narrator dialogue and a few of the songs and they created the show from that. And, um, yeah, the big thing was they said we want to dance for these three servants to do and that, hence it became. Yeah. But another thing interesting I didn't touch on earlier, but um, Touch Me and Eddie's Teddy weren't in the 
very like I think they wrote them like two days before the original production. They said, "Oh, <laughs> Janet needs a song," and they came up with you "Touch know. Me Overnight." Yeah. <laughs> oh, such a song. And then thing Eddie's to do. Teddy. I know we say yeah. Can, yeah. some of the best work just comes last minute. <laughs> I'll tell you now. And I just remember Patricia Quinn who played Magenta go, "Oh, the original." In Eddie's Teddy in the um, stage show was just so slow. She said, I always hated that. And then they made the movie and they slowed it down even, even more. Because <laughs> that's what a lot of complaints actually, when people, when I say complaints, people that go and see the stage show go, oh, the songs are so much faster because they slowed them down considerably yeah. with the movie version. But I think it kind of works well because you can kind of take in a lot more yeah. of it too, like what's happening. What about you, KB? I think mine was Sweet Transvestite purely because I'd never seen something like that in musical theatre or movie musical movie yeah, before yeah. that moment of this weird, sinister but somewhat appealing, <laughs> like... Confusing. 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 I was just like, oh, okay, now I know what musicals but it's, And it's also <laughs> such a great song for the switch in power dynamic. Yes. He walks in, takes over the whole And room. I don't mm, think mm. I've ever seen somebody own... Their space, yeah. like that. Oh, I'm spitting. That's how excited I am about <laughs> and it. And that's why it's such an iconic role, yeah. too. You know, that's yeah. why it's such a highly sought after. And whoever does take on the role, it, aside from Tim Curry, because he can do no wrong with that. <laughs> but anyone else who takes it on are always going to get some kind of criticism or. You know, comparison to yeah, Tim comparison. Curry. You know, because it's such oh, a big role, and and it's so good. it makes me. As you just said that, it made me actually start to wonder. Gosh, I'm glad Frank came in. Could you imagine if the whole musical was Brad and Janet? Their story, <laughs> yeah. it kind of go. They were kind of the MacGuffin that kind of led us in, sort of like the red herring to kind yeah. of get us to the castle. Yeah, and then it just switches. whereas like this really is a musical about the villain. Yeah, mm, yeah, mm. <laughs> and even like the first time I think I kind of thought about the villain of having a an endearing likable quote like at the end of the day he just wants to do what he makes yeah, happy. The, at the end of the day he's like, a slave to his own desire yeah and that was like oh wow cool <laughs> so i think for me sweet transvestite was a real turning point in terms of how i viewed musical theater so I, that's yeah. my favorite and we don't know what the rules are in Transylvania. That might be what they're all like. Yeah. So we can't criticize. I mean, we do <laughs> find out at the end that uh, Riff Raff and Magenta aren't too happy about it. I'm too happy about, about, about it, <laughs> you know. But, but he's just on this floor show, so we got it out of his system. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw a production in 2008 where Frankenfurter comes out on a giant penis <laughs> in that scene. Not subtle. That was the, I think that was at Star City in Not happy with that. <laughs> it actually, yeah, things terrible. squirted out at the end of it too. So <laughs> Who needs terrible. subtext? Yeah, that Look, I don't get metaphors. But that is not good. <laughs> I did not need that. <laughs> okay, well, let's take another break. We'll come back and we'll talk about who's actually been Frankenfurter yes. all over the world. Julie. Yeah. Would you like to tell us who's been in Rocky Horror? Yeah, I'm going to do like the big hitters. Of each character, Correct. classic Julie Just style. Just the big hitters? Just the big yeah. hitters. No okay. small hitters. No small hitters. Um, I'm also not going to really touch on Australian cast just because... I don't feel like it. Well, I think we, Perhaps with recent good. controversies, we all know just too much about there. the Australian cast already. Yeah, yeah. so our Frankenfurters, I'm also not going to tell you what, what production they did. You can look that up yourself. Like, I'm not here to do <laughs> homework, apparently. You, you are, actually, but that's cool. <laughs> uh, our Frankenfurters, we've had the one, the only, Tim Curry. Amazing. We've also had Julian McMahon. You oh my will, goodness! Mm. You will know Julian McMahon um, from a TV show called Nip Tuck and yeah. many other things, but also he Charmed. is 
Charmed. Charmed. He is the son of one of the Australian Prime Ministers. Then you have Laverne Cox as well and from Orange is the New Black kind of fame. Um, Janet's. Susan Sarandon. Now, we all know Susan Sarandon for being an actress, but the more fun fact about Susan Sarandon is that she's the co-owner of New York Ping Pong Club. That's amazing. Yeah. She owns a club in New York <laughs> that is solely based with ping pong. She's my new favourite person. I say I love Susan Sarandon. <laughs> she is. I just love her as a person. She's hilarious. And this was, I believe this was her film debut. She'd done a couple. She'd done a couple of movies before. She did a movie called Joe in 1970. Right. I just remember her sitting there injecting heroin and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, this was this probably is her, her first. Her, her breakout. And was know, it for her first lead? Um, I believe so. Like all I know is they stipulated when they made it because you know they used a lot of people from the original production. Yeah, but they did, Fox did stipulate Brad and Janet must be played by Americans. Yeah, so that's why this. So, so yeah. she was probably known. Yeah, she would have been known at that stage. And I believe that she grew up in a musical sort of house, so she was <laughs> kind of expected that she knew how to sing. And she's like, oh, I can't really. And they said, look, you did it well. Yeah. That's you made fine. Janet funny. You know, that's I think it fine. Worked. Make her funny. <laughs> if so you can't funny. sing, make her funny. And she, she's turned around even recently and said, you know, this will be the one film that everyone remembers me for. You know. Yeah. That so that's nice. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> that but has had a long As long an owner of the ping pong club. Helma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've also had Alice Ripley from Next oh to Normal God. and Sideshow fame. Right. Uh, Leah Michelle oh, from Glee. And also oh, Victoria Justice, which is Disney what? Channel. Yeah, well, she's the Fox one that you haven't seen, KB. Oh, this is this is I like obviously just gonna never see it. So. Uh, Brad, we've had Barry Botswick from Spin City. Matthew Morrison as well from Glee fame and much, much more important Broadway things. Much, much more important Broadway Luke Perry things. played it on Broadway actually. Ben Foster as well. So Ben Foster won ITV's Superstar competition in 2012 and then went on to originate the role of Buddy the Elf in Elf oh, the Musical. So um, and Ryan McCartan, uh, again, Disney Channel fame. The Fox production pulled a lot of Disney Channel kids yeah, a non surprising like yeah, which is strange because do they want that audience? For well, that? it's yeah. also an opportunity think for so. the Disney kids to break out of their yeah. Disney yeah. kidness. <laughs> like um, Daniel Radcliffe in Equus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hot, um, Riff Raff, the one, the only Richard O'Brien. Yeah. yeah. Um, amazing. We've also had Raul Esperanza from Law and Order SVU. Lucas Grabel, High School Musical fame. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and Reeve Carney. Um, Reeve Carney is Peter Parker in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Mm. Um, our magenta slash usherette. Sometimes they make them one, sometimes they split them. So Patricia Quinn was um, the OG magenta, but she was also in the original stage play of Rocky Horror. Great. So not the musical, the stage play that it's based yeah. off. Um, Daphne Rubin Vega was the original Mimi and Rent. Correct? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Evan Rachel Wood oh, was magenta. She would be great. She's in things like 13, Across the Universe, and also, guys, Frozen 2. Wait for it. I know. And um, and to her magenta, her usherette was Nicole Scherzinger from Pussycat Dolls oh. fame. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I'm actually okay with that. Nicole Scherzinger is brilliant yeah, in things that. that aren't traditionally pussycat doll yeah, yeah. kind of genre. Um, Columbia, Nell Campbell. She was the original Columbia and she's also Australian. Amazing. Yeah. Great. 
good times. Two Australians <laughs> and, you know, Richard O'Brien's kind of deferred to being New Zealander and we claim New Zealand stuff all we the time. Um, Joan Jett. Oh, wow. And Columbia. The Runways. Oh, also his whole solo career. Who doesn't know Joan Jett? Um, and then Melora Hardin. Oh, <laughs> I got so excited when I read this. Melora Hardin is um, Michael's girlfriend in The Office. <laughs> yes. She's in um, The Bold Type at the moment. She's in The Bold Stan. Type. She was in Monk as Trudy, Monk's dead wife. Yeah. And she was in Transparent as well. Yeah. I just got so She's excited so and so filled with glee. Um, Rocky doesn't have anyone that is hugely famous still. Hmm. So his role, even the guy that played him in the movie, Peter Hinwood, um, he, he's described now as an actor turned antiques dealer. <laughs> yeah, he will not take interviews. People go into the shop. He will not, <laughs> which is a shame. Have you tried? <laughs> no, I've <laughs> just like read the tried. book. I wish I, I haven't tried because I know it's not going to happen. I wonder <laughs> if you could subtly interview him, yeah. like ask him questions without mm, him knowing. I think maybe he's pretty good hey, at spotting man. subtle interviews. Yeah. What do you feel? Have you, do you have any gold <laughs> hot pets? <laughs> When you've got a phone just subtly, not subtly shoved down your bra. Yeah. Well, thankfully, he yeah, someone wrote a book a few years ago where they interviewed everybody and I think that's the final, even though it's still yeah. Tim Curry and Susan Sarandon won't in it. But, I feel so. bad. Like, why do you have to be so bitter, buddy? Mm. Like, yes, you were used as a, a walking model. <laughs> but I, mean, I don't think it's necessarily bitterness. It's just like. He obviously didn't have much to do in yeah. the film and he's gone on to live this life outside the film. He's like, That's I'm true. a serious antiques dealer. Can we speak about <laughs> antiques? And who knows, maybe it was just like he needed some extra cash. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, Our Eddie slash Dr. Everett Scott. So this is another one that sometimes they double, sometimes they split. Meatloaf. Oh. <laughs> and then in another iteration it was Meatloaf and the Dr. Everett Scott was Jonathan Adams. Leah Delaria yeah. has played Eddie slash Dr. Everett Scott from Orange is the New Black yeah. Fame. Yep. Oh, she's amazing. Um, then we had George Garcia as Eddie, who's in um, Becca and Lost mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And his Dr. Everett Scott was George Lopez. Amazing. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Seems amazing. Different. <laughs> Why not? Um, we also had a pairing of Adam Lambert as Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> KP's and? lost the plot over there. And Ben Vereen as Dr. Everett Scott. No. Adam Lambert. I'm I'm happy. There we go. <laughs> Dream cut. <sighs> the criminologist. Boy, oh boy. There's one, again, one iteration of this where um, the criminologist is played by a bunch of famous people. <laughs> and I will get to that. But first we have Charles Gray. Um, who is arch villain Bolfield in the James Bond films Diamonds Are Forever? He's Dicko Henderson in the previous Bond film, You Only Live Twice. He's Amazing. like the Bond film villain. villain, and he's who you see in the movie. Right. And then we have Dick Cavett, who is like an American television personality, comedian, talk show host. Mm -hmm. um, in another iteration, we have Jack Nicholson. And Danny Great. DeVito. That is amazing. That Sharing is the amazing. role. Jack Nicholson. And Danny, and Danny DeVito. So good. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun, fun event that it's, I just witnessed. Guys, if, if you haven't gotten done yet, it's the second recording of the evening. I'm sure you had already gotten done. <laughs> then this is the big cast that was criminologists galore and some really 
I'm going to say it, stupid decisions were made. All right. Emma Bunton wow. from Spice Girls fame, oh, Baby I Spice. I did read this. I would watch that. Yeah, but like. Good on you. you. Can. It was filmed 2015. Yeah, but she shared the role with some real heavy hitters. Ready for the heavy hitters. Aid Edmondson from The Young Ones. Stephen Fry. Yeah. Anthony he, uh, Head from Buffy Vampire yeah. Slayer and Little Britain, which I was more excited yeah. about. <laughs> Mel Gilderock, who I really had to Google. She's apparently a host on The Great British Bake Off. She and is. Well, dun, 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 uh, Richard O'Brien. Yeah. All in the one cast. It's amazing. Why? But also okay. But also why? But also all right. I guess timetabling. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah, it's actually. Well, what they did, yeah. So in 2015, they adapted the UK production, pretty much the productions we get out here now. Yeah. The, the, I suppose the how it's supposed to be, yeah, and they filmed it. So I think you can find it on YouTube quite easily too Woo-hoo. if anyone wants to watch and it. And they have, it? I think they come out every every scene is a new narrator. Is it so every, yeah, so every time we see the criminologist, yeah, it's, it's a different person. criminologist. I would have preferred I if it was deal. just Richard O'Brien the whole way through, but that's why. You know, I would it's good have preferred to have a few if it was <laughs> just Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry or Anthony Head. <laughs> oh, or Anthony Head is Anthony my, I don't hate. Flash forward to to, a, so, to, to a some dream, dream cast, casting. Anthony Head. Will, I don't mind Aid Edmondson either. Yeah. I think that's a very clever choice. Um, but then, or again, there's another production. Tim Curry plays a criminal. Yes. Yeah. And that's a fox. Sad face. There are 36 cast recordings of this. It's amazing. 36. It's a it's lot. And I know we're not. You can't find all 36. Yeah. It's pretty hard yeah, to find all 36. I know. Some of them aren't And there's good. over 40 <laughs> touring productions. And the majority of those touring productions have been in Australia. Yes. That's what. And I know we haven't talked about Australian cast, but there is just one thing that I love about the Australian yes. cast scene. Go for that it. Janet has been played by both Gina Riley and Jane Turner. Mother <laughs> and daughter. At one point, <laughs> Peter Rosethorn played Riff Raff. <laughs> so it's like been a like revolving door of Kath and Kim cast through the show too. Because you you do need comedians. Well, yeah. You could have some fun with this. Mm-hmm. In you cast. could have. Yeah. It's like you want people who are s- strongly funny. Yeah, when it became the new Rocky Horror Show, that was the new sort of I suppose the revival. Yeah, a lot yeah. of those sort of performers we use. I think they use Wilbur Wilde as Eddie and yeah, Red yeah. Simons as a narrator. Yeah, I think he came oh, out of stage and went shut the f up to everybody. I think I've seen Red Simons <laughs> as Fra- as Frankenfurter. Where have I seen that? That's me. a thing. That's a thing. I'm sure I've seen that. <laughs> well, I, I, years ago, I had someone offered me the uh, the program of Russell Crowe playing Eddie and Dr. Scott signed by him, and I didn't have enough money for the ten dollars, and he won the Academy Award the next year. <laughs> Damn it! It would be worth so much. <laughs> I think Red Simons was Dr. Scott in the production that the Australian Gladiator called the Tower. Was Frankenfurter. <gasps> I'll have to have a look. I've got the like cast a- recording at home. It's from 1992. Yeah, yeah, a- like from when I was quite young because my mother went to see it. The yeah, I don't was such a him great being- show. Because I've got the soundtrack recording of that 992 yeah. production. I'm fairly sure he's the narrator, but I might be wrong. I have just fa- found um, visual images of. We'll add it to the note. Of Red Simons as Rocky. All right, well, let shall we take a break and we'll come back with Dreamcast? Yes. Who has thoughts on the Dreamcast of Rocky Horror? So many thoughts. Thoughts and feelings. You know what? I've been thinking about um, Brad and Janet. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, with the release of the Frozen 2 trailer, I would really like to see Jonathan Groff and Kristen Bell as Brad and Janet. But okay. also I can also see like Daniel Radcliffe and Brad. You He's know? so short. Yeah, but I think that's what's. 
hilarious. Like I think it would bring an extra life. Now I I have a choice. I don't know if she can sing. Mm. But when has that stopped us before? You say that like I'm going to get mad at you if she can't. As Columbia, yes, Christina Ricci. Do it. Yes. I'll take that. She can see. Yeah, we I can see her doing more of a darker role, like magenta or something like That's that. That's just because of your Wednesday. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. to- she just plays tragic so, so well. well. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, Winona Ryder as well. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Throw her yeah. in as magenta. Magenta, you want someone, like, big and sassy. Yeah. I mean, what the hair I is feel, big and sassy enough. Now, I'm getting into my weird casting now. so That's fine. Go weird. Yay, here we go. Eddie. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh. Queen Latifah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Cool. I would yeah. watch that. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Okay, I can talk really Any other ones? Now, <sighs> any other ones. I My serious cast for Frankenfurter is Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm. I think he would be because he has mm-hmm. so much energy. He does. He's a good character actor. Too. Yeah. He knows so. how to play that um, masculine side of him. With and he's yeah. not afraid to be uh, like funny in a sexual way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a line he treads a lot with. And all that's of his like characters. I was say, he can tread it well. Yeah, he yeah. knows what he's doing. And having seen him as Pirelli in yes. the movie uh, Sweeney Todd, <laughs> I, I was. I think he could pull off that sort of over-the-top I was thinking of his Tanadier. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. There's definitely a few I would like to see as basically anybody that's ever played Hedwig in Hedwig and the Angry Inch I think could do it. But also in terms of like that, like owning the space, he's a little young for the role I think. But Aaron Tveit, every time he walks on, that stage is his. And I think it would be really interesting to see him in a character he does he's not the love interest in this one. Like yeah, it would be yeah. interesting to see his take on Frank and Further. Mm, I want to see um Andrew Reynolds as Rocky. <laughs> All right. I know it's just a waste, but I I don't mind. Not I'd like to see Zac Efron yeah, as okay. Rocky. You'd say that. Or Brad. We could organise the blonde hair for him, I suppose. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, actually, he's, already, he's blonde right now. Oh, okay. Andrew Reynolds would make a good Brad. Andrew Reynolds would make a good Brad. Yeah. I mean, there are a, there are a lot of people that make a good Brad and yes. Janet. Like, they're mm. just white bread. Yes. And <laughs> there, is a lot, there is a lot of Broadway performers that can fulfil those. Yes. It doesn't really ask you to stretch any real muscle yeah, in well, acting or, or singing. About 20 years ago when they were talking about properly remaking it, Britney Spears was put forward as Janet, Ooh. which I thought was quite strange, and Marilyn Manson as Frankenfurter. That's been no. going around for a long time. No. Marilyn Manson as Riff Raff. Yes, yeah. that is good casting. Marilyn Manson as Frankenfurter is horrible. Mm. No, yeah, I kind not. of like, and maybe because he's only just played Igor and Young Frankenstein, but I'd like to see Ross Noble as Riff Raff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, That's good. Awesome. Oh, you got it. You got uh, it going on, KB. Yeah. We're all the same You know what I also don't think? I, I don't think Britney Spears would be the worst Janet, but she definitely would have the comic version of Janet down pat mm. because I've seen her in comic roles in television series and stuff like that, and she she's probably good. I was like, I can't fault you. She might not be able to sing well enough to yeah. be Janet. <laughs> it depends, though, on whether they want to go the angle of, yeah, using, you know, big yeah. names. Because I think originally when they were making the movie, they said, we'll give you lots of, Fox said, we'll give you lots of money if you cast Mick Jagger, 
all these big names, yeah. Frankenfurter yeah. and stuff, and they said, no, we want to use the original car, so they gave them a million dollars instead. So I think depending on how you did it, if they wanted to go all out, but yeah. like I, I do like when, yeah. If, Jagger, young Jagger as Frankenfurter, I could see yeah. yeah, He was a big contender for a long, long yeah. time he, there as doing the movie. Because he's done a number of drag roles that have been very compelling. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Would we, I'm just now thinking, Frankenfurter is probably the one that's probably the most important in terms of carrying the cast. Rami Malek? <laughs> <laughs> I see how you got there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a little offensive, but it's okay. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think the Frankenfurter. <laughs> Where would you put him then? If I had to include him. If you him, had to include him, like you probably have no choice. Probably his I'll put him in as Brad over Riff Raff. Yeah, I probably would too. Yeah. I think he would be hard to match with a Janet. Because his presence is so – I think that's the reason why. Because he – no, be, see, I see – Remy Malek, Malek as like a, he has a weird presence and while Frankenfurter does have a weird presence, yeah. he doesn't have a big personality. He doesn't own the stage. Whereas I think uh, Riff Raff is meant to kind of stay to the side until the end when yeah. he comes in right. and he has that same weird fair, energy. Fair, mm. fair, fair, interesting. I don't want to naysay but I you have strong did. feelings about you Remy Malek. You made. I heard it. Yeah, it's fine. Right. I heard him say, "He said and made mm. it happened." <laughs> Any other ones on your weird list? No, uh, no. I think I, I, we haven't been playing the weird game enough for me to bring any other weird ones. Like <laughs> all, all my, like <laughs> I would love Audra to play Magenta. Of course you would. I, I would Classic. love Lithgow to play uh, there any, any of the old go. guys. <laughs> Where's Nathan, Nathan Lane? Go? <laughs> Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane would be a perfect Doctor Scott. <laughs> he would actually. He'd be a great narrator too. He I also would know. be a great narrator. He doesn't have enough to do. My mouth, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, I have my list. <laughs> Who would Nathan Lane's Eddie be? Nathan Lane's Eddie. Yeah. Who would Nathan Lane's Eddie? Well, Nathan be? Lane can be both Eddie and the um, Doctor Scott. That's fine. Yeah. He can do both. Oh, he's getting on. The- yeah, that's yeah. what I'm like. Age one. That's what I'm like. Oh, let's get Tim Curry, but he's getting well, on too. Look, I know. Maybe the freezer wasn't cold enough. <laughs> um, I did have a name. I can't remember her name. I've lost. I've lost it. But one of the she plays in. Orange is the New Black. Yes. One of uh, the smart black woman who is on the radio at the moment. There we go. That's all I can tell you. I can't the remember her name. Smart. <laughs> the one who converted to Judaism. Black. Uh, the New I have never Lord. seen the show, so I'm just going to throw a I name have. to you. Danielle Brooks. No. Uzo. Uzo Do you Adula. mean the one that works in the library? Oh, actually. Yes. Uh, uh, Couldn't tell you. That one that you just said. Uza. Uh, yeah, U- Uzo Ad- uh, Udoba. Uzo. She would be a fantastic pick for Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Never seen her. She's going to be like, I'm going to. Um, you should. Oh. Trying to imagine her singing Hopper too. Yeah, yeah, I could. With that face. So so crazy she, Eyes. Now she, we're talking about Crazy, crazy Eyes, eyes yeah. as so Eddie. So she is a legit Broadway performer. She's brilliant. Uh, yeah. She is a fantastic actress. Um, also, <laughs> I would like Leah Delaria um, to play uh, either Dr. Again? Scott or Criminologist. Again? She's played Eddie. Leah and Delaria? Yeah. 
Really? I read her in the list before. I never yeah, I think was she just was in like, the original Broadway, yeah. Letting it slide. I've got the recording like, home. It's so basically this show name. just gets cast with the oranges, the new black cast. Yes, yeah, sorry. Also she in was uh, Eddie. You could. She was Eddie slash Dr. Everett Scott. Perfect casting. Congratulations, right. Broadway. <laughs> Congratulations whoever did that. Where are we putting Jason Biggs, guys? Um, Jason <laughs> um, no you know who I would like to, to pop in there? <laughs> Don't know where, just because I love her, because she's in a league of their own and she holds a special place in my heart now. <laughs> and she's in Orange is the New Black. Laurie Petty. Aww. Yeah. Did you say for um, Columbia? We'll pop her in as magenta. Oh, sure. I think Columbia. she'd be a great Columbia. She would Columbia. be a good Columbia. She's she quite, sort of Joan Jett. Yeah. Like. She's a little, she's getting older. But I think Columbia can be older. Age is mm. no barrier for the regular picture show. There's a lot of old groupies out there. <laughs> well, that works perfectly if you make an older Eddie. <laughs> yeah, if I'm casting Uzua Duba as Eddie. Like I can I do think what I want. We can do whatever we want. Uh, all right, well, but please don't we... ever remake this movie. No, no, I don't think it needs to be remade. Oh, no, no, don't touch it. I think it needs it. to be revisited. I think you can have a lot of fun with with the stage show and, and casting that, but, uh, you know, you don't always need a stunt cast, maybe. Shall we take a break and we'll come back with top fives? Yes. If Rocky Horror were to appear on a top five list, what are some top five lists that it would appear on? Top five, top five cult movie mm-hmm. slash musicals. Yeah, even... I've lost the ability to talk. Yeah, cult musical in general, yeah. I think. Yeah, I probably... I think this would have to be it's number one. I one. can't think of a number, another one that would... Top it. Oh, goodness I can't no. think of another think one of that one. is so widely known as a cult classic. It's yeah. in references in Perks of Being a Wallflower. They yeah. go to this the mm. floor show, that kind of thing. So it's well known to be a cult. And classic. like I mentioned earlier, it's probably the one of the only shows where people go in costume, can go along and sing just about every word. Like I've been to productions <laughs> before where I can't even hear the stage show because people are yeah. just singing the whole way through. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that, but yeah. Yes, there is. Actually, there is when you're watching a stage show, especially when they sound terrible. It you- depends on the show. <laughs> like if you're prepared for that and yeah. you're going along to enjoy that experience, there is no way. it's fine. But if you're like buying a ticket and you're not prepared for everyone to be singing around you, I you could never do that. Yeah. And we notice that never. When we do the movie, people don't realise that the audience yell out stuff and they go, why aren't you stopping that? I'm like, I can't stop what people do. It's part of the cult. You know, yeah. I suppose you could put it under the cult because You're it's like, part that's of how it. that goes now. <laughs> um, oh, I would so, say top five science fiction musicals. Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because it was written more as a science fiction film. You know, I know it comes a lot across a bit more as a horror or gothic, but the original makers have said it's a science yeah. fiction show. This it, well, is it is kind of essentially that what campy, schlocky B, B movie yeah. science fiction. Mm. Like uh, Little Shop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It fits into that perfect. Toxic Avenger. Great double feature. Toxic by Avenger. Way. Um, <laughs> and even now, Be More Chill. Yeah. Yeah, is that sort of weird science vibe. Top um, five. Queer. You was going to say gender vibes? bending shows. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I think queer role models for, yeah. for yeah. Frank and Furter. Top five from a villain's perspective. Like you get more of the villain in this than you do of the hero, I think. Top five villain it. musicals. Yeah. Like this is the villain is the hero. Yeah. Like you, you're viewing this musical from Frank and Furter's point of view. Yeah. If this was about. Brad and Janet, they would go there, they would get locked up by Frankenfurter, yeah. they would make friends with Riff Raff and Magenta, yeah. and then they would con- all confront 
Frank and Verda and he would die yeah. mm. and then they would sing about it. And they'd get married and live however Because we almost don't else. care about Brad and Janet no. by the end of it because we've almost been like, we've been taken into this decadent world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably one of the, spoiler alert, it's one of the few musicals where the lead character dies at the end. Absolutely, yeah. But and it's rarely the- mentioned, you know, it's this most iconic musical but no one ever really references that no. Frank dies at the end. And the leads aren't the lead, like the leads that you're introduced to from yeah. the beginning of the show, <laughs> that doesn't happen very often either. You're, yeah, you're romantically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a couple of songs and piss him off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say uh, just top five, just sheer volume of great songs. Yeah, yeah I was going like, to say top five soundtrack. Yeah. Top. I don't skip anything in this at all. No, there isn't one that everything you, has its place. Even mm. even the ones that are that are slower and like you you kind of aren't uh, excited to listen to. They're over quickly. They're just kind of like an addendum to the song, and it moves. It's still yeah. even if though it's a slower song, it still moves mm. at a relative pace. It's still like, so well written, you know. Clever. You could perform this entire show, music only, no dialogue, and you'd still get feel of what it yeah. is and still have yeah. an amazing time. But but um, you did mention, you know, top five for the songs, but I'd probably say it's probably one of the top five shows that has an iconic dance song in terms yeah. of the time warp. You know, yeah. like I know there's a lot of music, yeah. I suppose. What's an example? Not Cell Block Tango. You know, there's not really an actual, like the equivalent of a nutbush yeah. for yeah. a musical. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. You know, and that's what the time warp represents. Actually, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. So I can't think of any offhand. Um, Unless someone puts a macarena in it. <laughs> it's going to happen. is that version of Lame Is that has the macarena in it? It's what you want. I mean, it doesn't exist yet, but it's going to. Top five, I don't know how to put this. Top five shows for a shared audience. You don't have to be a musical theatre lover yeah. to enjoy this show. Top five pop musicals. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, I would say top five musicals that allow freedom in casting. Yeah. Um, when it comes to gender, when it comes to age, when yeah. it comes to sexuality, yeah. like you can pretty much every character except Brad and Janet are mm-hmm. uh, just free for all. Yeah. Potato, potato, yeah. yeah. And that probably shows why so many iconic actors and actresses have performed this role to, and, and managed to, to do it, it well. Like how many yeah. musicals can you say that? Yeah. Also top five like A-list cast members because yeah. mm. it's gone through them. Yeah, in a good way too. Yeah. Not necessarily in a way that's like too, like, I don't know how to put it too like commercial. Like the show itself. It owns yeah. it. It's yeah, like, you yeah, can do whatever you want. We've got this person. Not only do we have this one person, we have seven yeah. <laughs> of this person. <laughs> it's crazy. Have we said top five iconic roles for men? Like I'd Frankenfurter. say Frankenfurter yeah. in terms of how it's always played. Have we had a female Frankenfurter yet? Other than Laverne, we're not. We've had Laverne Cox. I think I read somewhere one of the stage shows in recent years has used its first no. female. You know, yeah. the, but, you know, it's not a common thing. No. So. And when they did it on Glee, they had a female Frankenfurter. So I, just I don't. <laughs> Can you not? God, I didn't watch Glee. Because that's how you have to do things in modern times. Yeah. Oh, God, I missed the 70s one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch Glee. Um, I think. Top five long-lived musicals because yeah. mm. this really hasn't dipped in popularity since it's since it first rose. It's just kind of been coasting. Yeah, um, it's been up and down uh, the Billboard top one hundred in multiple countries yeah. for decades now. 
Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I think in, in, to continue on with that, I wonder if we can also put it down as one of the top five musicals where the movie actually enhanced the musical more rather than did detriment to yeah. it or didn't. You know, a lot of movie musicals yeah. don't add anything really to yeah, the, the experience. But I think Rocky Horror's created a whole new audience for people that never saw the stage show or don't even know yeah. it exists. So, yeah, I suppose I it's... Agree. Yeah, yeah, I think that should... As a medium, it crosses, crosses over from stage to film. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. often doesn't happen that way. I think like a lot of times it's, it's detriment it's, to the yeah. product, whereas a lot well, of people usually they're mm. trying to cash in on an already popular product. Yeah. Whereas I think they use the movie in this way as a way to enhance the musical mm. and make it better, and mm. then put that down to more bigger, a uh, more and a bigger audience. Yeah. Great. Uh, any other top fives? Not for me. All right. Well, let's uh, take a break, and we'll come back with the lessons that we've learned. Camp, schlock, hit. Three words that describe Rocky Horror. I was wondering where we were going Careful. <laughs> I'm real tired. <laughs> <laughs> what lessons have we all learnt? Uh, be you. You do you. Don't dream it, be it. Yeah. yeah. Embrace your inner hedonist. Yeah. I think Ooh. the lesson in terms of like just because people don't love it immediately <laughs> doesn't yeah. mean that you shouldn't persist so maybe it's find your audience yeah and don't worry don't worry if you have to kind of change medium to do it yeah that's like a good lesson for children to learn throughout like high school (laughs) like find your audience you'll find your tribe you'll find your tribe well that's a Big thing for queer kids is like get through high school, you'll find your people yeah. if you haven't got them already. And they will yeah, stick to you like glue <laughs> if yeah. you found them. Rocky right. Horror is so inclusive yeah. and depending on no matter what minority or, or minority is the word, but in whatever group you're involved with, you know, I think mm. it's um definitely teaches you something. And I think it probably doesn't work in this day and age with mobile phones, but I think if you break down in the middle of a thunderstorm, don't go to the nearby castle. Don't go to a castle, <laughs> That's guys. That's something I learnt from this. Always you know. pick a house before a castle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why didn't I learn that? I would still go to the castle. <laughs> it's hard to believe that Brad, at first Brad goes to Janet, stay here, I'll go in there. Could you imagine what had happened if Brad had gone on his own? <laughs> and then Janet, <laughs> oh, wow. she's sitting. <laughs> Brad, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think also, like, trust your instinct in that if you feel uneasy... Turn around that point. Yeah. Don't keep going. Or I think like, it's good or, that they did, though. <laughs> or maybe call people out if they're making you uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and just go like, okay, this is a step too far. I would like to leave now. I'd yeah. like to keep my clothes Very on. accepting, aren't they? Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. well. Okay. When I first saw Rocky Horror, I thought Time Warp, they had walked into a room full of dead people. That was my perception of it. And I've never lost that. Well, it could be. I always thought that actually when the, you know, the alarm goes off, yeah. I mean, the, the grandfather clock goes off and the so- starts, like, they've actually been going into a time warp. People are yeah. dead. Or something like that. Or they've gone from the 50s into the 70s. Right. That's the yeah, whole, yeah. I, I don't know, you can look at it a different way. I always thought it was a zombie death. Because then they so. use the time warp again as the kind of catalyst for the ship taking Yeah. Right. So, so it makes it or makes you wonder yeah. if they've actually played with time and kind of oh yeah, it's that's why it's a lot deeper, I think, than <laughs> on first on first sight. But um another thing too, um I think I've learned is if you've got downtrodden, unhappy servants, they're gonna end up shooting you with laser guns and yeah. taking over your castle. Treat your people right. <laughs> And also, it doesn't matter how pansexual you are. If you're a mad scientist, you're probably going to get your comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't tell anyone, it'll be okay. <laughs> Is it okay though, KB? No. <laughs> so maybe you didn't learn that. I learned that that was the opposite of what you should do. Be honest. 
<laughs> it all comes out in the end, guys. It all or we'll comes out. Monitor in the, in the, in the castle but then, anyway. But that's also true because Janet and Brad were hiding something yes. from each other that yes. then Frankenfurter and exploited. Yes. So if they were honest with each other, maybe it wouldn't have happened. No, so not be that we, honest. Not that we see what ends up happening, but, you know, I think it was probably good for uncovering that they maybe weren't the right people to be together. Or, yeah. Mm. And if just because oh, everyone no. else is getting married, it doesn't mean you have to then settle down just because everyone else is doing it. Yeah. Maybe you're not right for each other. Listen, people, you don't have to get married. No. Julie, what? why do you keep asking me to marry you then? Because I want to marry you. Oh, now it's awkward. Uh, I will say of the the whole situation, you learn that the the possibility of a villain led musical yeah. being successful and compelling. Yeah. Yeah. I think the secret has to be having him as something that you you know, I think you mentioned earlier, you don't know whether you oh am I attracted to this? You, you know, definitely when you see Frank you know yeah. Let me I, tell you now, you are. <laughs> so he's he's not necessarily a villain in a bat in a um like people wanna they in a nefarious way. Well, yeah. Even your villains have to be likable or forgivable in some sense, and I mm. think you get both. Yeah. Of that. And well, hey, he was an alien. He might not have yeah. known what he was actually doing no. on Earth here. Maybe, yeah, his whole purpose, like he maybe fulfilled his purpose. Maybe in Transylvania that's what they do, seduce <laughs> each other all the time. And I mean, I, I think know. we see this same kind of character a little bit in Hades Town. In yes. Hades. In Hades is flawed, yeah. but he owns his flaws and yeah. he's honest about his flaws. It doesn't stop him from acting out on them. No. And he does ruin people's lives But you empathise with it. But he's like, okay. How often do I say the villain's really the best character? It's it's usually yeah. the most fun to play. Yeah. Because and any, there are so many levels. Anytime you put them front and centre and give them all the good songs, it's going to be a good musical. Also, they're usually unapologetic. Yeah. yeah. So, and that that's fun to play. And no bad guy ever thinks that they're the bad guy. Really? I, they don't I play it as the if end, they know the bad guy. I think at guy. the end Frank definitely realises that he's hurt people. Yeah. But he also realises that he would never have done it any other way. No, because yeah. that's hit. they're always yeah. true to their wants and needs and desires. So yeah. They don't go into it being like, we're the bad guys, so we're going to do <laughs> bad things. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. Well, is that everything that we've learned? Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us, Christian. Is there anything that you would like to uh, plug coming up? Well, talking about cult movies or cult musicals, I um, keep the um, cult screenings happening in Brisbane, so check out christianfletcher.com. I've got a lot of screenings coming up, and in particular the Rocky Horror Picture Show with Live Floor Show. So if you'd like the chance to experience the movie with an audience and a cast reenacting it in front of the screen, it's probably the only place you can do it nowadays. <laughs> We're soon to be featured in a Rocky Horror documentary, actually, representing oh, cool. Australian shadow cast. It's in production at the moment. They've interviewed a lot of people from the, the movie and we represent Australia, which is really exciting. Amazing. So looking forward to that coming out. So we do screenings in March, June and September. And um, But if you head onto my website, christianfletcher.com or Christian Fletcher Events on Facebook, you'll be able to see all my things coming up. But everything's pretty much cult movie related or retro music because that's just what I love. Right. <laughs> Nostalgia. Now, tell me. I have a very fond memory in my childhood of going to a drive-in and doing the science fiction double feature of Little Shop of Horrors 
followed up by Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, well, have you ever done that? I actually have done a double feature with nice. both movies. Had a live floor show as well. Oh so wow! I have, I have actually played <laughs> Seymour once in a lip sync version. But um, yeah, it was a really great night. But actually, so, so the funny thing is, I had a lot of people come up to me afterwards and went, "What was that first movie? It was so boring." And I'm like, "That was Little Shop of Horrors." How I've dare. never heard anyone say that. What so maybe maybe what? with Rocky you, Horror, people love that a lot more. So I you don't give know. me their name and number. I will <laughs> what version? Going now, I can't remember. What's the black and white? Little shop, oh, maybe no, no, no. I can like understand. Maybe they that. just wanted to like throw things at the screen and yell things. Yeah, cool and as you find, you know, little yeah. shop's a totally different thing. But I also believe I don't know if I'm raising some issues here. Little shop needs to be watched with the original ending. Yeah. I don't. Like, I agree. I, and we're screening it again later in the year, and I'm, I've only stipulated we're doing the director's cut. <laughs> That's the only way it should. It gives it a lot more of a devastating yes um, feel. Excellent. Well, we'll oh, put yeah. <laughs> we'll put all your links in in the show Fantastic. notes for Ooh. anyone who wants to uh, to check them out, and we'll we'll also share them. So yeah, send them through when you've got uh, event links and whatever, and we'll share them. Fantastic. On Thank to you. To our audience, um, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. Okay. Um, if you want to help us out. Mm-hmm. The best way you can do that, mm-hmm. the best way, mm-hmm. even more than becoming a patron on <sighs> patreon.com. Wow. What is it? Is to rate and review us in iTunes. It's true. That gets us on the iTunes list. It gets us into their algorithms and they push us out there. Uh, we're really loving all the new people that we are meeting through this. Uh, we, we are going international. It's amazing. Um, so, which is really Look great. At this fly. Yeah. Um, so, if you've already done that, then you can become a patron and you get our patron-only content, which mm-hmm. is at least one monthly episode bonus. Yeah. And Ooh. you'll if. get access to all the extra things that I'll have to do if we get a million yeah. patrons or whatever. Yeah. Like what? Um, so one of them I have to rap. I have to do the have to do the Hamilton rap. You have to do a Hamilton rap. I have at to do the Necronomicon at one thousand. What was what was the other one? The other um, one. There was mention of a polka dot morph suit. There recently. was mention of a polka dot morph. That's I can't remember that. <laughs> was that me? Yes. Yeah, You're was. gonna do the Necronomicon in a polka dot morph suit. That does not sound like something I would say yes to. <laughs> well, you haven't said really yes to any of these things, but we're gonna make it happen. And if you would like to set a challenge for the rest of us, Julie Miranda and I. Sitting out at the moment, um, then be a patron, patron, a patron on Patreon, and send us a message. Absolutely, um, our patrons are the best people in the world, yeah, and we love are. talking yeah. to them. Um, so, and if you want to find out more about uh, the other podcasts on That's Not Canon, uh, both KB and Julie do a conspiracy <laughs> theory podcast called Elvis Lives. Yeah, yeah, we do. And then Zane, how many do you do on top of this one? How many billion? A hundred. Uh, I think I, I, I'm on eight. <laughs> you, we're not going to tell you which eight. We're going to make you listen to all of our <laughs> TNC family podcasts and then you can find Zane's voice. <laughs> yes, please. Please do that. Uh, okay. And so that's at that'snotcanon.com. Uh, so thanks for joining us again. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thank mm. you again, Christian, for joining us. Yes. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks, KP. Thanks, Julie. You're welcome, Zane. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
guess I'll just objectively be bad. Yes. But that doesn't mean we can't learn from it. I'm Alex Smith. And I'm James Keogh. And on our new podcast, My Songs Suck, we talk to writers and musicians who share with us some of their earlier, less good content and reflect on how far they've come. If you want to get in on the fun, head to That's Not Canon Productions or find us on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcatcher you use. My songs suck, because everyone makes mistakes. Just make sure you record them. That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.